0: And we're back. Hey, the Freelance and Working From Home Podcast with your host, Alec Dinkoff. Man, I'll tell you what I love. This topic. This is this is a big, big thing in my life, and I'm so happy I get to share it with you. Today, we're going to be talking about a guide to starting your freelance career. I've got a couple different websites that do a step-by-step type deal for anyone wanting to make that jump, right? Sometimes just getting started, not knowing where to start. Um, the the diving board, jumping into the deep end. It's scary. It's fun. It's amazing. It's, it's exciting. It's everything and more. So, I've got an article from medium.com. Uh, they deal with a lot of freelancers. Got an article from... Carey Foundry. Oh, so wow, Carrie. CareerFoundry.com. And I've got another one from TheMuse.com. We're going to dive into what they think it takes what you need, what you should have in order to be a freelancer. Very cool. Start off with having a vision. By the way, um, we're going to look at Medium.com's article first. Have a vision. I couldn't agree more. If you don't have a vision then you're not knowing where you're going to go. If you don't have a vision, you're not going to have that drive, that motivation to get there. You might flounder. You may aim all over the place. Um, And when bad times come, if you don't have a vision, it's it's sometimes harder to push through. So the very first thing that comes to mind when you enter business and freelancing is your thoughts around the subject, right? Right? sounds funny. The first thing that comes to mind are your thoughts. Of course they are. Uh, You need to make sure you get ideas that tell you what you're going to be able to do or what you're not going to be able to do in your freelancing career. To overcome this process, sometimes you can pretend like you are the person already doing it, right? Um, Or do the exact opposite. Think of someone... Uh, put yourself in the shoes of someone who could never do that. Are you that person? No? Okay, then maybe that's an option for you. Uh, it's It matters what you care about. right? So it's not always, can I make money doing this? right? Do I love this? First ask, do I love this? If the answer is yes, then say, how can I make money doing this? Um, and also, make sure your idea isn't just a passing glance a the wind brushes against you and you think oh maybe i'll try this for a week no if you're going to dive into actually having a business forming a brand you've got to have a vision you need to know that you're serious about it um the best way to find your vision in a company is to ask yourself why are you starting this business in the first place why should the clients hire you sometimes that's hard to answer um but if, it could be something as simple as I'm passionate, I'm driven, I'm willing to do what it takes to succeed, I want to help you, things like this, it, that's that's enough to start. That way you have a clear picture about what the purpose of your time doing this is going to look like, what what it means to you and what you want it to become. Next, they say, decide on a structure of the business. It's Very important. Um, you can have an idea. An idea is great. Uh, I heard there was some CEO said something like, if you have a million dollar idea and you want me to pay you a million dollars for it, I will laugh and I will say leave. If, if you are someone who can execute a million dollar idea, I will pay you multiple millions of dollars to do this. So the difference is everybody has a million dollar idea. That's not necessarily true, but anybody can come up with one, right? If your business makes profit and you can replicate it, then you can make your million dollar business, right? If you sell one good to one person on the entire planet, even if it's a bad product, you only have to sell it to one person once, right? Uh, And if you make a dollar on that product, there's more than a million people in the world. So there you go. Um, The theories there that, yeah, you might have your million dollar idea, but if someone can execute it, right? Someone who knows the industry, someone who knows how to go from step A, to step B to step C, I should probably say one, two and three, but you get the idea. Um, It's it's hard. It's hard. Saying, oh yeah, just hire people compared to finding, reviewing, interviewing, hiring, uh, starting the onboarding, or the whole onboarding process, and then introducing them to the company culture and making sure they fit in, etc. It's it's more than just simply, oh yeah, just go do this, right? Someone who can execute is worth the time the energy you need to be able to execute on your business. So, What's your structure going to be? It depends on you. It depends on what you want. It depends on how you want to formulate your business. You can either have your business operated as a legal entity, as a corporation or LLC. You can do a DBA. You can do sole proprietor, sole prop. There's a lot of freelancers who want to establish an LLC. I have an LLC. Um... There's a lot of benefits for each and every one. So just because I do something, doesn't that doesn't mean it's good for you. Um, real quick, su- pseudo tax advice. Um, if, if you want to get real tax advice, you need to look at your state, your country, where you come from, what you're making, and the rules and regulations all the way down to your county or city. Okay, that's, every case is different. Uh, I heard an accountant talking about, as a general rule of thumb, Okay, if you're in a business that is more likely to get sued, and you have lots of personal, in either savings, assets, items, things that could be taken away from you, then you need to separate yourself from the business. If you have multiple businesses, you don't want. If you have multiple businesses and they're all DBA, right? Um, so they all filter back to you. That's fine, but if Business A gets sued for a million dollars, they can come after Business B and C to get that, you know, the price tag. So if you get to that point, right, you need to really seek professional tax advice. Um, but if you're just starting out, DBA is fine. There's a lot of benefits that come with it. Um, once you, I think the general rule of thumb I heard from one, this is a very small sample size. I cannot stress this enough. I'm almost hesitant to say this, but I will say it. Um, just because having the more information you can get out there, as long as you do your own research, is good. That's it's just more data. Ouch! More data for you to, you know, digest. They said between forty and sixty thousand dollars when, if you, that you're making straight profit when you're, and you, that's after you've itemized all your deductions and things um, and expenses that you ex- itemize all your expenses out out of everything you do. Expenses are so easy to control. Make sure that you know what is necessary and proper keywords there to run your business or conduct activity, to conduct business activity. So if having toilet paper is a necessary and proper item for your office in whatever portion of your home is your office, you should be considered deducting some toilet paper. Um, But if it's used for family use, um, see, this is where things get uh, confusing. Um, There have been some accountants that say, don't cross that line of if it's if it's used for family use and business use, then you might want to leave it as family. There are some people that say if it's used for business use at all, it's it's business. Okay, now that might be like actual items rather than disposables like toilet paper or food or snacks or coffee or something like that. But it is definitely an office expense. Okay. Um, Used while at work. Now I'm someone who I drink coffee in the household. Right. Uh, And I'm the only coffee drinker. So if I'm working from home or in my office at home, some of that coffee could be deducted. Now I don't yet. I haven't, but I haven't gotten to that point where I need I'm trying to really maximize to save myself from getting to that next um, tax bracket. But if you can show that you're making less money because you're spending on office supplies, you should. I mean, there's a reason there are laws out there, but you have to figure out what laws apply to you and your profession and your industry, right? If your office isn't at home, you're not deducting anything from home, you're probably not going to be able to deduct any sort of food, energy, um, supply cost, okay? Okay. So you can either have your business Oh, sorry. I've already said this moving forward. Um, it other than what you decide to establish as, okay. It does not hold any complexities or sorry. Uh, DBA isn't as complex as a corporation. So keep that in mind as well. Um, also your business goal may determine what kind of corporation you need. If you start hiring people, a lot of people will suggest moving from DBA to LLC or corporation. Because, again, if you get sued, they can come for everything you own. Uh, anyway, figure that once you figure that out, you you get to go forward. You can jump through it. You know what taxes to... Um, Pay, you know where your money and expenses are going. You know what is a deduction, what's not. You know what you're available to do in your as a whatever level of business entity you are. It's very important. Um I know let me give you an example. I was told to sooner or later switch to an LLC, so I just went for LLC as quick as possible. And I've seen businesses that start at a DBA and have headaches switching over to an LLC because things change. They, and they don't, they, they run for so long and they don't know what to expect. So sometimes if you're going to be switching over to one or the other and you see it happening within the next year or two, yeah, it it may not be the best course of action, but it may save you headaches later. And as we all know, things that make the process smooth, um, resist resistance, it's much better. Next up, they say design marketing materials. Okay, you're making that jump. You're thinking about, hey, can I be that freelancer? Can I be run this business? Yes, but how are you going to get your name out there? Make your base strong by enhancing your marketing materials. I just recently redid my demo because I do voice acting. I just recently redid a demo that I sent to quite a few animators I work with, and um, and it was more keyed toward their customers. And the responses have been really, 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 really good. Uh, not only from them, but the people they animate for. So make sure you find your marketing niche. I've talked about marketing niche and the, the spe- doing specific ways to market to people a little bit earlier. I'll do a quick glance If you're marketing for business owners in their, you know, fifties and sixties, you're going to come at it one way there's, and you're going to go on certain platforms, right? If you want to market to 20 to 30 year olds, you need to come at it a totally different way, right? What they are attracted to, what they're paying attention to, where their attention is focused is going to be widely different than a different age group. And then break that down, um, uh, between gender and sex, break it down between um, subculture, region, right? What what a 20-year-old is doing in New York is not the same thing as they're doing in the Midwest. This lifestyle is completely different, right? I say New York City, I should be specific. Um, keep that in mind. Depends on who your client is, okay? And and then break that down again into sectors, right? Uh, dealing with a lot of freelancing topics uh, or a lot of freelancing uh, arenas, you work with a lot of different people, a lot of different clients. Now you could have a specialty where I am the best agriculture lawyer there is. Hire me for your agriculture needs. Yeah. Okay, great. But you can also do other things as a lawyer, as a writer, Maybe you're the most well-read and researched on a certain topic. Um, good for you. That's that's not bad. That's great. But sometimes you'll have clients that don't want you to write about that topic. So you have to find a way to market it. not just who what you're great at, but everything. Um, make sure you create buzz before you launch your business. That way you put your feelers out. So imagine front-loading your marketing. There's an old saying of ask your neighbor because you always know someone who knows someone who knows someone who needs something, right? Whether they know it or not yet, you have the connections. There's uh, the whole idea of seven degrees of separation. If you go from you, seven people away, you can almost get to anybody in the world, which is fine. Um, But keep that in mind. Somewhere, somehow, you're connected to every business owner, future client, uh, future person you're working with, collaborator, right? Colleague, you're already connected in some way. You know someone who knows someone who knows someone. So put put your feelers out, figure out beforehand, before you make that jump into freelancing, if anybody knows someone who could use your service, you'd love to give them a heck of a deal as you're going to begin freelancing, right? Just, just so you can get your feet on the ground. You might be able to start freelancing and have a, quite a few clients. Maybe even some really great ones. Um, create social media. Create a website. Reach out to as many people as you can. Business cards, if you want to go that route. Um, friends, family, coworkers, people you knew from hobbies, events, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, just... Network, network, network. Okay? That's what freelancing is. Well, I sh- it, it, it doesn't have to be, but that's one, that's one way to do it. There's a lot of goods and bads with marketing, and there's a lot of good and bad strategies. But th- uh, there's not often a wrong strategy unless it's blatantly wrong. Like, don't go buy banner ads. Nobody wants to click on these. Um, don't go buy television ads for a demographic that isn't in the area you're putting the television on or your, your ad on TV. They're not going to see it, right? That's just bad marketing. In fact, most people watch Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or HBO or Video On Demand. They skip all the commercials. So really, should you do TV advertising? I don't know. That's up to you. Because um, less people watch it now. But it depends on the price based on what you actually get in value, right? Spend $1,000 and make 10000 Well, do that a bunch, right? Or that ratio, at least. So get in the habit of saying what you do. Be proud. You know, don't, don't be scared to say, hey, I'm a freelancer. Yeah, I do this. I'm a professional. Okay, even if you're not as confident yet, don't be scared to say it. Um, there's a story that basically someone, they grew their business, they grew, they grew, they grew, and they just were hesitant. They didn't want to, they were afraid of judgment. They didn't want to come out and say, I do this until they felt like they were accomplished. And, and when they say, I do this, it's, it's because it's backed by them actually doing it, not just because they, they're trying to do it or they say they're doing it and they have yet to do it or, or have done a couple of, or worked with a couple clients, right? and uh they met someone down the line and they were in a, in a, i guess they were talking and they said hey you know i i knew you back in the day how long have you been doing this why didn't you ever tell me you know i said well i took a while to get things up and running but i've been doing it for this many years and they say oh man you missed out right i don't need your services now but over the last like few years i could have really used your help or i know a bunch of people that Needed somebody, but they've got someone now, right? That happens. Happens a lot. Uh, Don't be afraid to get out there and say, hey, I'm a freelancer. (sighs) Next up, make a portfolio. A portfolio is so important. It's for you to show off you. You can do this by, uh, you can put it on your website. Maybe you can make, mock-up jobs, by that I mean um, even if you don't have clients yet or haven't had clients or haven't had a large variety of clients you maybe do a project as a hobby Um, imagine yourself getting a project from a client, then kind of design or make or do what you would do for them, or if you're in a field that it's less, let me show you what I make Um, it's more what I can do for you, like customer service or something, you just make a good resume ahead of time um, it's best never to launch your freelancing career. If you do not have the right experience in creating or providing the services or products you mentioned, hold on to launch your freelancing career. Now start small, do it as a hobby, build your wisdom, knowledge, etc., and then go in. Wait before you sell until you have a lot of samples that are of quality and can be used as great examples for your service. I don't know about this one. Um, I came in to voice acting with experience, but not a lot to show. I'd done things, but nothing like specifically that I would say, here's my demo. Here's my audio reel. Here's commercial quality or, you know, just a thing here, a thing there. And it was all over the place over the years. Um, familiar. I was actually better at editing, I would say, than doing voiceover when I first started, which is good. There's, you know, so it's got skill. But I just I dove in. I made a quick project. You know, or I, I I, hit him hard with a resume and said, hey, listen, I am uh, I will do this for cheaper. Uh, if not, if it's ne- seriously necessary, maybe I would have worked for free for a job or two just to really get up and moving. But really threw myself into it. And within months time, I was able to uh, be into it fully. I dropped my regular job to um, part time work. So I could give myself a full schedule doing voice acting, but still have some income. And within the first month or two, I had started to offset things. So my bills weren't piling up. I did save money ahead of time. And then by the next month or two, I was, I was able to make that jump. I, was, I, I saw the growth. I said, okay, I'm now you know making bills with my, ho- my hobby, right? Or my freelancing career and my part-time job. All bills are made and I can save some money. It's time to get out of that. I still have money saved. So I'm not just doing this and saying, neglect all my responsibilities. Um so I did the jump again, dropped the the part-time job, and threw myself in. Within a couple months, all oh, my bills were paid again. Just from doing freelancing within a couple months months more, I was able to save some money or you know, spend a little extra. Uh, if I, if need be, and it's just continued from there. So when they say don't launch when you have nothing, ah, I mean, I didn't go full, hey, here it all is, but I start, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, and if you've got the time and the financial backing, you can do it. There's no wrong way to do this. In fact, if you throw yourself into it, um, how do I say this? Let me back up. I believe that there are specific amount of clients out there that if you had very minimal or or no portfolio, you'd be able to come in and you'd be able to say, let me do this for you. Super cheap, maybe free or at a regular price, whatever. And they'll say, even though you have no experience, we'll give you a try, but give us like a money back guarantee or something like that. Right. And then you knock it out of the park and get paid. You can do that. But there's only so many clients out there that want that right away. Um, other people are, will say, no, you know, I'm looking for someone with more skill. At, uh, uh, even though your price is great, I want more skill or someone who says, I don't care about the price, but I've got to see, I have to have results that I can see. So you're out. So there, there is going to be a small niche few that will just accept you if you really win with them. And since that's the case, maybe your first month or two of freelancing, you don't have to quit your job completely, but it is tough. I'm not saying it's easy to go to work on your lunch break, po- like post your resume, sign up for websites, or um, reach out to clients, or work on your por- portfolio, or apply for jobs. And then in the in the evenings, work on the job, or you know, continue applying, etc. Check every day. Um, at the very beginning, when you're not necessarily designing a website, but applying for jobs, getting in touch with clients, etc this can be done for an hour or two each day and you can find time, whether it's in your car on the commute, on lunch, outside, away from the office that you're supposed to be working in, right? Or at the job site or whatever. That way people don't think you're mixing work. And when you get home, find time. And I would say give it one month because yeah, you might hit burnout. Some people can't do it um, to each their own. Some people really can because make sure your passion's there and you'll be able to do it. But in that month's time, it'll give you the chance to get an assignment or two or a job or two, and you won't get overwhelmed and you'll still be able to hold on your full job because I mean, the chance that someone's going to choose you with no experience over someone else. I mean, you've got to come in with, I mean, you have to either have a very powerful personality or uh, really drop the dollar amount on what you'll uh, expect to be paid. Yeah. There's give and take, but you only have to do that a couple times. So uh, your portfolio is important, but I don't know if I completely agree with don't jump until you've made one. Uh, I would say though, you don't have to have one to start on a lot of stuff. They say, wait before you sell. Oh, make sure you have samples for, to be used as examples. Okay. If you don't have many samples, create a portfolio, then extend your arms and make sure you work it out and it, and get examples to fill in since it's a portfolio that's going to help you market yourself show photos show products show like really highlight it right make sure there's quality and it shows good qualities of you um producing examples from your portfolio is not complicated i'd say the more complicated thing is getting and building the portfolio It takes time to create your portfolio. I know even after I do a project, I'm not going to just say, here's the project. No, I need to take a portion of the project and show a client or maybe make a a project specifically sampled for a client. All right. Uh, Or, sorry, specifically sampled for my portfolio. Um, Because maybe what the client wanted is good, but it doesn't highlight my best abilities. So I have to tweak it some. So don't feel like you're uh, don't feel like your profile has to be an exact reflection of what you've already turned in or given to a client. You can up the game a bit or only pick the details that serve you best. Set up a financial process. Before you get a lot of work, ensure that you are completely prepared for it. Basically, create the template for the invoices that you're going to send, Make sure you kind of have an idea of what your prices are. This is, okay. Prices, you'll learn in time. If you don't know what to charge yet, you'll learn. And and it's going to be different for every person. Yeah, somebody might undercut you, but if you know that that takes you forever to do and it's not worth your time, okay. And be prepared to underbid other people when you're starting out. You might have to put in, you might bid a 10-hour job and you might put in 20 hours the first time. Yeah, it sucks. You're getting you're going to get paid below minimum wage. But the experience you gain is so important. So important. Keep in mind how much you need to keep on the right side of taxes, right, back to taxes, and design a great accounting plan. It's much better and easier to keep the accounting in check from the start rather than go back and figure out how you messed everything up and keep better records. I know... Doing my taxes, um, my first year, compared to what doing my taxes now, the process is incredibly different. I just it was days of me reading through IRS BS and getting tax con- consultants uh, from accountants, and it was it was just headaches, man. I, su- I swear it was the most aggravating process. It's like simple math too. I just understanding it and knowing what to. The, what you need to put where is it's very frustrating. Um, I thought it was supposed to be nicer for the common person to do this, but uh, well, that's the US at least. Next, they say secure some customers. Yeah, secure some customers. Uh, even though you have other jobs still, so before you take the jump, Keep some time aside for building the client base and working and providing results for other clients. Along this, it is better to have some cash in the account so you can grow, market, etc. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have uh, a spouse. Maybe you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Have a serious conversation. This is tough to go from regular working day. I come home. I'm not at work. They don't need me anymore. I'm all yours, honey. To, I'm coming home from work and I need to work again. Please leave me alone. It's very tough. Uh, most people are okay with it at the beginning. Uh, I've noticed this. Some people will be upfront about their concerns if they if they're if they're against it already from the very beginning. Either they're closed minded or they really like they're not. They're not going to support you long term, not support you financially, but support you in the goal. But not always. Some people don't realize, yeah, it sounds scary or headaches, especially if you describe it accurately. They rightfully so. They're going to say, wait, so you want to spend less time with me? You want to duck out on certain events and then quit your job and have less secure, quote unquote security, because there's risk in everything, right? So but they think of it, think of it as security. It's a different, totally different mindset as a freelancer. So I can see some pushback and upset being upset like I get it. You have to be able to say to your spouse, partner or, you know, whomever, even a roommate. Like, I need to be able to do this. I have to jump. If I don't jump and do this sooner or later, I will regret it the rest of my life. That's how passionate you should probably be about this if it's going to be difficult to achieve. um, The harder it's going to be for you and your lifestyle. The more passionate you need to be about this. So just have that serious conversation, and if they're totally against it, some people will come around to it. But remember, you can't change other people; you can only change yourself. Um, you can try to change other people, but it's usually a fool's errand. So, um, that may not be the right uh, relationship or the right time. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. Good luck if that's the case. But some people will say, "I've heard of this." Oh, yeah, I totally support you. You're amazing. You can do it. Oh, so you're going to come home and you're going to do some extra work every now and then? Fine. Oh, you're going to go to your regular work until you could get bills paid? That's so responsible. Fine. Oh, you're going to work from home? That's so cool. And then you start doing it. Uh Uh-uh. People's tune will change. Well, honey, sweetheart, love of my life, why aren't you spending more time with me? Right, Because they don't they don't realize that, no, I have to work now in order to make my dreams come true. Uh, or to get this business to the next level so I can quit the job. And once you quit the job, now you're at home and you'll start to hear things like this. Well, do you have to work? You're your own boss. You can't fire yourself. Um, maybe, oh, you're at home all day. Can you do a bunch of other thing- things and add to your distractions? So we've covered that in other topics on this podcast. When you're at work, you need to be at work. Just like you're in the office, remove yourself from the home life. Separate it completely. If you don't do this from the beginning, okay. Seriously, if I could go back and do this, I would. I'm I just I'm more free spirited, and it's a little bit harder for me to be 100% rigorous schedule. Um, but it is good if you can do it. If you can completely set from the beginning boundaries, like when I step into my office, it's off. I'm at work. Don't come in and bother me. The house could be on fire, right? Unless we're going to the hospital, don't come in and get me. Don't do it. Um, And you set your hours, though. So you don't just work whenever you, whenever, right? That way, from such and such time to another time, everyone knows to leave you alone. And it doesn't change. It's consistent. So everyone will, if, there may be frustration still, yeah, but it's consistent. Everybody knows what to expect. And it's when things get inconsistent, you start jumping around. Well, are you working? Are you going to have time for the family? Are you going to have time to take care of the home? Are you going to have time to do the errands? Are you going to have, like, for the other, the work-life balance, right? It starts to get muddled and gray, right? Especially when your clients can change on a day-to-day basis. You might say one week, oh, every day this week between four and five, I'm doing such and such with a client. I'm on a chat or a video conference or we're following up or whatever. And then two weeks later, that's gone, right? And somebody will say, oh, it's four to five. Don't you need to be in the office right now? You'll say, no, 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 I'm getting a cup of coffee. That client's done. Because it's hard to, just like you don't know what happens when your kids go to school, like you don't know down to the minute of their day, same with your spouse or loved one or roommate, et cetera, or even pet. Like if you're an animal lover, great. You don't know what your pet does all day. You're not paying attention to it 100% all day. Um, they could have a really cool story about licking themselves or using the toilet. I don't know, but they're not going to know exactly your schedule every day. And as a freelancer, when it changes, Ooh, things get confusing and that can lead to frustrations. So please, 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 please set boundaries, set work-life balance. And if you get a really great client, that's going to ruin your schedule. You have to either change your schedule and then keep it that way. Or you have to say no to that client. And maybe you're thinking like Alec saying no to that client might mean I'm saying no to putting food on the table. Yeah, maybe. And if that's the case, maybe you have to take the job. But I'm just saying there will be repercussions. How do we get on that? I don't know. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Uh, We're halfway through the podcast. I just want to reach out and say, hey, we do this live on CastBox, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Imad, Razi, everybody else in the chat who's not signed into an account, welcome. Thank you for being here. If you have any questions, let me know. If you have any questions after the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Anyway. So, securing customers, work-life balance, things like this needs to happen, but... um, you might not need to launch the business completely until you get a couple of clients working part-time here and there. You just have to be very upfront with your partner or roommate or loved ones, whatever the case is. Sit your sit your dog down and have a serious chat and say, "Hey, we're going we're going we're not going to be playing as much over the next month cuz I've got to do this." Um, if they if they love you and you convey it properly, I think they're going to support you. They may be scared. There they could be pushback of their own. And that's, that's reasonable when you look at the grand scheme of things, because there's risk in everything, especially for someone who doesn't understand why or what you're doing. But if they love and trust you, it will be okay. Just make sure you fall through on your, on the business. That's why, what, what was it? Point number um, one, have a vision and two: decide on the structure of the business. Right. Before you make that jump, you kind of get your get everything lined up. Lastly, making that jump, believe in yourself. That's the last thing medium.com says. The entire process begins only when you believe that you can you can do it. There's a what's that saying? If you think you can't, you can't. If you think you can, you can. You're always right. Right? You you block yourself, you hinder yourself. It's like rather than saying, I, I can't do this, you say, how can I do this? The main consideration is that. Keep it in mind. You're a person who, maybe you have doubts, okay? It's, it's, it's normal to have some doubts, but you have to believe that you can over, overcome those doubts. Like, oh, what if the client doesn't like me? You're going to have a client that doesn't like you. So get that doubt out of your mind. You can't make everyone happy, right? Well, what if I don't have enough money you know, for the first month or something? Okay, there are other ways to make money too to su- supplement your income. Sell some of your stuff. Um, work a part-time job. Become a waiter or a waitress. I don't know, something. Do something, right? Uh, if you absolutely have to. I see that happen where people are thinking, you know, it's been a very couple, slow couple months and if something doesn't change, I'm going to have to get a part-time job. Okay, you do what you have to, right? Um, Hopefully, your freelance business, if you market yourself well, you won't have to do that. Instead of letting panic overcome, take a look at your thoughts. Stay strong. Focus on the end result. Remember, you can do it. You're talented. You're smart. You've got this. There's ups and downs with anything. That's part of life, okay? Avoid thinking I cannot do what all these other freelancers do. They're human too, right? If you think like that, you won't be able to do it. So ask yourself, why can't I? Right? Why can't I do better? How can I do better? Stuff like that. Start from somewhere. And like I said, it's all right to have doubts. But if you don't start, then you won't do it. That's simple. That's easy. 100%. You want, you want a guarantee in life? Don't do something. Do, do a whole lot of nothing. Then you can guarantee you're not going to do anything. Make sure you're mentally prepared. It can be stressful. There's a lot of stuff that can get to you. Stay focused. Um, just make sure that you're ready before you quit your job. And sometimes, sometimes it's never a good time. Sometimes you're never ready. Um, that sounds weird because basically you can make it happen. Um, but there are, there is a difference between, I don't feel ready. I don't know if I'll ever be ready and no, this was a bad choice, right? There's a difference between, I don't know if this is the right call and no, this is a bad idea. If you have no savings, you're in huge amounts of debt and you want to make that jump, quit your job before you have any clients. No, that's a bad idea. If you have to take out a giant business loan, a small personal loan or something like that in order to get things up and running. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, but maybe don't quit your job. Use that to buy the equipment or things you need and then start getting, I don't know, jobs, cut your expenses. If you have to stop eating out, don't eat your paycheck. Determination focus. You'll be able to accomplish anything, overcome all your obstacles, um, and enjoy it. Jeez. Enjoy the ride. I had, a, I had an issue like that today. I, uh, I work with a client and there's a communication error. And I felt really, really bad. I was beating myself up over it. And I had to take a step back and say, you know, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I just have to, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And how can I get back to work? right because dwelling on things is not going to change the what already has happened right you can't change the past you can learn from it so oh it was it was a good it was a good uh 10 minute conversation in the mirror getting back to normal you know all right that's it that's it for medium not it for the podcast stick around we're not done yet I do want to point out how to become a successful freelancer and quit your desk job in 30 days. It's an article on careerfoundry.com. I want to run over this real quick with you just so you have a feel for it. Uh, The the person basically gave their way they did it. And it's first person-ish. So bear with me. They said they contacted everyone they've ever known. Like everyone you go out, you say, I'm doing this. If you need help, I'll do it. If you need it for done for free, I'll do it. If you know somebody that can wants a deal for it, I'll do it. Like I need the experience. Um, give me the contacts. Uh, and if you like me and I've worked with you before, give me your references, right? Ex-colleagues, friends of friends, um, teachers, friends, brothers, aunts, sisters, dog. I don't care how you know the person, reach out to them. That's basically what they said they did. Uh, and they said, Hey, here's my, 30 days. I'm making the jump. So in 30 days, uh, I will be able to do anything you throw at me. So it was, it was a time for them to talk to their friends. Cause not everybody's always ready, right at that moment, but to start the gear spinning, like what you tell somebody day one, they may run to a friend 14 days later and say, oh, hey, by the way, my friend, you know, Josephine was looking for work, um, but they they do a hell of a job, I bet they cut you a deal, right? Don't leave people hanging. When they do reach out to you, um, make sure that even though you say, you know, I'm jumping, I'm doing this in a month, don't say, hey, I'll only take work in a month. Right, maybe take some clients ahead of time too. Don't cut your don't cut your leads or yeah, don't cut your leads off right from the beginning. Take them in, make it work. So break from your job with clients already paying you. That's the goal of that. <sighs> Building a network and finding work are two sides of the same coin, they say. It's never too late to start reaching out to people and expanding your network. Perfect. Next, they started to work on their personal brand. You are your brand. What do you stand for? Right? Um, If you're a web developer, a designer, you focus on UX, user experience, a writer, marketer. I mean, yeah, you do that. But what's the type of thing you do with it? Like, are you an expert in this? Are you well-versed in that? Are you really motivated to write about this subject or in this style, in this for- format, through this media. Um, if people don't like you, they they won't buy what you're selling. So your personality counts. Um, but don't be fake. Because when you're fake and they buy into you, then they're going to want to see that and receive that from now until the end of you working with them. And imagine if they say, "Hey, this person's really charming. They're nice, super nice all the time. They're willing to do so many things, uh, revi- so many revisions for free. Um, they're they always respond within an hour. I don't know. These these are more boundary things, but they t- let's say they tell a bunch of people this, and they reach out to you, and you don't reach, you don't meet those standards, or you come in with an entirely different personality." Uh, they're gonna say, you know, this is not what I sh- showed up for. So don't don't fake it. Be real. Get LinkedIn. Uh, fill out a profile. Make sure it's complete. Experience, etc. Go to Facebook. Do something similar. Twitter, Google, Meetup. Um. Anything. Uh, sorry, they said Google Plus, not Google. I should clarify. Make sure it's industry relevant. Get yourself out there. Make sure you're easy to find, easy to remember, remember, and you're a good person to know. Although it can be awkward attending networking events, it's a good way to build contacts. Get out there. Hand out, hand out business cards. Make some friends. Uh, they say they wrote a plan of action. This is like the, before the 30 days started. Never ever undervalue time taken to plan. Never is what they say. Your time super valuable. If if planning cuts down, so imagine a half an hour of planning will change the net will save you five six seven or days or months of wasted time spinning your wheels. It is. I mean, think the return on that. If that was money, if you could say here here's a hundred dollars, give me ten thousand in a month, you'd do that. Oh my gosh, wouldn't you? You sh- probably should. Um, think about that with planning, save yourself time. Uh, they say for each of those 30 days before they quit their job, they had a goal. Sometimes the goal was to email relevant contacts, ask for advice. Um, sometimes it was expanding their network by a certain amount, uh, or answering a certain number of questions or attending a meetup, whatever, just plan it out, um, and do it. Sometimes, sometimes their plan for that day was to sit down and plan their next days, right? But that's you're still getting stuff done. They made a business plan. Um, they included financial requirements goals, things that would work. Uh, if you, they figured out how much they needed to survive, they, need, they figured out how much they needed to get ahead. So then they started figuring out, okay, if this is how much I need, they looked at their expenses. What can they cut? What would change from them working from home? Then they said, okay, these are my expenses. How much should I charge? How how much do I need to charge if I'm going to have a certain amount of clients? I need to get this amount. Then they said, where am I going to find my best clients? Then they said, how difficult is it to close a deal? Right? So that's research, asking questions, figuring that out. Then they said, should I template? Template? my pitches or create new ones every time. So if you can make a template, do it, it's going to save you time in the long haul. But um, like I said earlier, customizing how you market yourself to a client, using certain vocabulary, certain demographics, you can have a a dramatic return. Okay. So then they did their research and they paid attention to competition. That's what I did. When I started, I looked at other people in doing voice talent and I said, okay, these are the things they're saying. I wonder why, but maybe I should say them too. Um, I looked at voice talent and said, okay, these are the things they're doing. Maybe I should do them. I wonder why. And then do some research, figure out why they're doing it. And there will always be competition. Um, if your market's easy to get into, like if you can start it in 30, if you can go from zero to hundred in thirty days then there's going to be a lot of competition, especially with minimal capital invested. Uh, so they said they found out three things that helped them a lot. Uh, they had local competition, right? And they really meant local, like down the street. But even if they had been doing it for a while, they didn't seem to be effective at marketing themselves. So, And it took some effort to find them. So they noticed that they're like, okay, yeah, I've got people. I could be good in my area but I've already got competition here but I could beat them by getting my name out in front next they found out that people who were looking for someone with the expertise in their field had no central data bank to find me or other freelancers like them so they had to be in the right place at the right time so there's a lot of places out there that cater to like all sorts of freelancers now when was this article written Sorry, one moment. Uh, 2018. Huh. wonder what they do. Anyway, um, so there was nothing specific for them. So you have to basically go scour and find jobs. Okay. Maybe contact clients directly. Um, it's just fine. It happens. But then they realized they could easily differentiate themselves from the competition by having an attractive personality and a digital presence. Right? So... That's what worked for them. What works for me is not going to work for you unless you're in voice. Um, So figure out what works in your industry. Uh, I like to find the set it and forget it websites. Set things up and leave it. Um, Even if you get one job a year from that website, especially if it's free, then... It's, I guess, after you do it once, it's, it's given its return. So after the second year, this is a hypothetical one job a year. So by the time you got your second job, it's well, well paid itself off. Um, the set it and forget it websites where you basically post your resume or your portfolio and people find you and message you directly. If you have something like that in your field, I would do that. Um, but don't dwell and spend time. Have it fully vamped out, right? fully decorated. Like they said, with other profiles like LinkedIn, Facebook, etc., but fully decorate those profiles, and then you can leave it. Um, now LinkedIn's more networking, Facebook social network, right? Um, so there's more to be done there, reaching out to clients, finding potential leads. But some some websites you can set and forget, or maybe uh, start advertising. They mentioned that they were going to go local. And there were other people that were local, but they were hard to find. So maybe they bought. you could buy some ads for specific keywords in Google or make a video, put it on YouTube, advertise it for specific words in Google. Um, whatever the case may be. They say deliver work that's better than anything your competitors are doing. Good luck, right? That can be tough, but... Right, you can always beat it somehow. You can either beat the price, you can beat the... Uh, Skill level, you can beat uh, your competitors to the to, to the punch by getting their attention first. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can win as a business. Don't be guarded. Don't be defensive. Share, trade, exchange what you know. And then they said they got a, a mentor and landed a real client. Um, huh. Mentors are good. Every contact counts. Um, people that are millionaires... That say, you know, I've started and done multiple businesses. They'll say, Yeah, I love it. And if somebody says, Would you go back in time? They'd say, Yeah, I'd go back in time, but I wouldn't do it again. They'd do something different. Or yeah, I'd go back in time, but I would start, I would I would do it differently this time. Because the first time you do something, it's so slow. Because you don't know. You're finding things out, you're learning, you're learning for yourself, you're basically trial and error sometimes. Right. Thinking through problems. Once you have that knowledge and wisdom, things just are so smooth because you can say, "Okay, I have these general rules of the the way business or my my field works. So this is what needs to happen when this when this happens, this happens. When this happens, I respond with this. When this happens, I let that client go like you you get that down in business Um, and to have to go back and relive the, the first time somebody got successful is absolutely atrocious. If you had to repeat all your mistakes, woof. So finding a mentor can help it, help you. So you don't have to live through your mistakes the first time because they can show you and say, hey, don't do that. I did that. It's a waste, right? Or don't do that. That's what used to work. I don't know what works now, but don't do that. Right? So nobody likes ass kissing. It's true, but you got to maybe find a mentor and butter them up, right? Your your current employer is your strongest link to your first job as a freelancer if you leave on good terms, right? Imagine, especially if you were getting paid to do something in your job and they're hiring you to do it and you say, hey, I'm going to go freelance because I'm so good at what I do. You can hire me. Or do you know somebody else that might be able to use my service? I mean, you hired me in the first place. You obviously know I do a great job. Things like that. Or it might just be, hey, I know I've never done this for you. I don't really do it, but you know my character. You know my determination. Do you know anybody else that's looking for work? Because you personally would be able to recommend me on just who I am. Be accommodating, be thankful, and be willing to work your ass off for an opportunity to do what you love. Don't piss people off. Remember, you're a professional and are soon to be a leader of your own company. Act like it. Finally, there's no one solution. There's no one path. You have to follow your own life. Do your own thing. You have to figure out what works for you. Other stuff only will make it, th- you know, things will slow you down. Things will speed you up. But they. it's not always the best for you, right? You're not me. I'm not you. You're not your neighbor. You're not your boss. You are different. Live your life. For all that it's worth. And on that note. I think we'll start to exit the podcast. I have another article, but I'm not going to go into it because I like I just like the feel and the tone of that the energy that that ended with. Um, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me today. Alec Denkoff, find me on LinkedIn. Reach out to me. I'm here nine 8, or nine p.m. to ten p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Sorry, last week Thursday, I uh, I was feeling under the weather, so the podcast did not happen. I apologize if anybody showed up thinking, "Hey, I want to hear Alec talk." I apologize. Um, thanks for everybody in the chat: Trent, Jesse, Oren, 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 Ashley, Tiffany. Eberu, Manny Tita uh, Jojo Inc, Bold Ahmad Renat Comprite Wendy Hie Jean Cons, uh, Luis Ravir Rolando Marta Sebastian Dina Deanna Plummer Ray Hain <laughs> Razzi I see you're back. I hope you're doing well, Razzy. Mercedes, uh, G. Dylan, TJ, and, and everyone else, if I miss somebody. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you have any questions, now would be a good time. If you have any questions, LinkedIn, 9pm Eastern Standard Time to 10pm Eastern Standard Time. If you don't know what EST is, that's fine. Uh, it's about to be 10pm Eastern Standard Time right now. We're like two minutes two minutes off. So, Do the conversion for your own time zone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope you're having a wonderful life. And I hope you have a wonderful week. You truly deserve it. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye now. Uh, New York time. Yes, that's correct, Trent. EST uh, is New York time. New York City, baby. All right. Well, thanks again for hanging out with me. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye everybody.